Oh, it's finally that time of the week where we're going to talk about the best show when it comes to professional wrestling, AEW Dynamite. You know, last week I didn't really fully enjoy the show. I thought it was good, I thought it was alright, but nothing too special. But this week, oh holy shit, it was so much fun. In two words, that's exactly how I would describe this edition of Dynamite. So much fun! It started off hot, and it ended up even hotter. Because it all started, first of all, with a great tag team match between Young Bucks and Top Flight. But before the match started, we had a little introduction to the Top Flight via video package, where we found out that they are 19 and 21 years old, they are incredibly fast and agile wrestlers. They grew up adoring and admiring Motor City Machine Gun and the Young Bucks. And they once tweeted that, hey, Matt Jackson, you should check out our highlights. And Matt Jackson actually responded and said, hey, you're going to get to AEW. And that's how they got into AEW and they're going to have a match against Young Bucks. And holy fuck did this match didn't disappoint. You know, before the match started, I checked out some stuff on Dark with the Top Fly because a lot of people said, hey, you should without a doubt check it out. And I thought, yeah, they're great, but I didn't really see anything that special to say, hey, they might be the future champions, they might be future, you know, best team in the world. But after watching this match... It's hard to deny the potential of the top flight. They were so smooth, they were so agile, it was mind-blowing. Surprisingly, for the big portion of the match, they were in control. Young Bucks needed to play a little bit of a heelish role once again, but that's because they faced it against one of the most natural babyface teams at the moment. Because they are so pure, they are so agile, that you just can't help yourself but cheer for these guys. They had some incredible knee falls towards the end. They had some incredible sequence between them and the Young Bucks. I can tell you without a doubt that they are the future. And the agile of those two is just mind-blowing. Just jumping over Matt Jackson and then putting him into German suplex. Jumping over the top rope like it's nothing. It's just so good. And you know, yes, it was spot after spot after spot. No psychology, but holy fuck, they sold great, they moved great in comparison to the private party. And of course, it's unfair to the private party because it's only one match. But they, uh, Top Flight, had some incredible maneuvers that we don't normally see from the teams in AEW or around the world. But they hit them so smooth that you had no doubt that it went right as it planned. When, in the private private party case, they can stumble here, bit here, and they can bosh moves from time to time. And hopefully, you know, it's never going to happen to Top Flight. But holy fuck, it just shows that in this match in particular, they look like the veterans. It looked like they've been doing this for years. And oh, I cannot wait to see more because after this great match, uh, Matt Jackson 
picked up a victory after hitting a, a BTE trigger. And after the match, TH2 attacked the top flight, setting up a little rivalry we're gonna have on Dark. Maybe it's gonna conclude on Dynamite. Who knows? But after this, Matt Jackson with Nick Jackson helped out Top Flight, scared off TH2, and raised the head, uh, hence in a way of showing the respect, saying it was a great match. Great way to open Dynamite, great way to put Top Flight on the map and give them something to go forward to, but the fun just getting started because next we're gonna have one of the funniest skits I've seen in pro wrestling for quite some time because it's the inner circle going to Las Vegas. And originally I was really skeptical of this idea because ooh, it's another comedy stuff. Last week Drake stuff for some reason went over me. I just didn't. I obviously picked up this shit because they basically said it themselves, hey, it's a Drake lyrics, but for some reason it just didn't connect with me as hard as it usually does. It wasn't the Dinner Debonair pre-tape stuff, it was in-ring comedy, and it should have worked great with me, but for some reason it just passed over me last week. Maybe I was in a bad mood. Maybe that was the reason. But this week's edition was fucking hilarious. I truly enjoyed those little skits that we got between all the Inner Circle members. I fucking loved MJF just stealing the cars of Sammy Guevara while they were playing blackjack. Something that I didn't pick up on the first watch actually. Then MJF and Chris Jericho once again trying to compete with themselves by this time out drinking each other. Until they decided to drink 100% alcohol Everclear. After that, they were fucked up until the rest of the night, because then they met Conan, who decided to give them some grey weed. At least, uh, that's something we presume that happened, because after they went off the limousine, their smoke just came out out of fucking nowhere. It was so much fun. And that was it. But only for now, because we're gonna have another segment to talk about later on the line. But before that, we had another incredible promo from John Moxley. He talked about his father, how much of an influence he was in his life, and he remembered once upon a time, he picked him up from a jail, and he told him one thing that stuck to him until the rest of his life. No matter what people are telling you, we are the good guys. Remember this. Then he talked about how much struggle he went through beating up giants, technicians, all friends. He now barely can stand up from his bed. He has a pregnant wife at home and he has two titles on two different continents. But no matter what, he will retain his title on December 2nd episode of Dynamite because he is the best wrestler in the world. He is fucking Damn, John Moxley. Great promo. Surprised to hear about IWGP United States title being a reference on AEW, but even more surprised that, hey, Renee Paquette is now officially pregnant. What a way to announce it with this throwaway line, basically, on his promo. But congratulations to John Moxley and Renee. So happy for them. After that, we had... 
Kip Sabian vs. Orange Cassidy with Mira on commentary. You know, this match was typical Orange Cassidy, a little bit comedy, a little bit serious type of match, with obviously Kip Sabian mostly being in control, with Orange Cassidy trying to do his typical shtick with hands in the pocket. It was fine. You know, there were some good near falls, there were some good moves from especially Kip Sabian, and you always remember how great Kip Sabian actually is, and how unfortunate that we can't see him much more frequently on Dynamite. But there was nothing really special about this match. There was one little botch that nearly took away everything from the match if they would fail completely with Kip Sabian trying to go for Tornado DDT, but his leg gave away, but they immediately covered it up, and you completely forgot about this little botch until the end of the match. Because after a couple of sequences, Orange Cassidy won with the mousetrap. After that, Miro fucking sprinted from commentary to head one hell of a clothesline on Orange Cassidy. After that, Best Friends came out to save the day and help Orange Cassidy. And they gotta give the people what they want with one hug. And, uh, yeah, as I said, nothing really special, nothing really bad, so, yeah, enjoyable stuff. Then we had the continuation of the best story in wrestling, Vegas is coming back, so is Inner Circle. Now they're on the roof, they are saying how much they love each other, that they are the blood brothers, MJF is saying that, hey, I always consider myself a lonely wolf, but this time... I really found my pack. And after that, it suddenly cuts to the morning after the bad night. And here, from now on, it's a total hangover recreation now with all the wrestling stars. And it was so much fun, you know, even though I enjoyed the first skits more than this one. This one really hit me hard with MGF. Waking up in a bath with his face covered up with weak, soft, soft, soft. Sammy was here. Sammy waking up in a little, some little fountain, I guess. <laughs> Understanding that he's been now married for three times. And looking at Ortiz, who's working out like crazy, probably being high on something. And then cutting to Santana, who's totally fucked after the bad night. He just throws cheetahs or some other chips to chickens in a hotel room. I totally thought that we we're going to have another Mike Tyson cameo for no reason. But obviously he has a fight in two weeks if I remember correctly. So obviously they couldn't get him. But still, the last segment maybe was a little bit over the top. A little bit more of a WWE style. And that's why it didn't really connect with me. <laughs> but it was Hornswoggle in a diaper, and they're saying, Who's this kid? He ain't mine. It's your responsibility. And even though I'm saying maybe it was a little bit off, and maybe it didn't connect with me as much as everything else in those skits, but even that was real fun, and I had a chuckle of this. Great. Great stuff. And then we had Chris Jericho coming out on commentary saying that, Hey, it's been fun. My head is still buzzing, but the fun is over. Next week, we're coming back to work. Hager and myself, 
versus SCU. It's going to be a hell of a fight. And I like the fact that Chris Jericho was here announcing that, hey, fun is over. But at the same time, it was so nice. I actually wanted to see more. It's it's a shame, in a way, that we're not going to see even more skits, at least for the next couple of weeks, I would assume. But it made me feel so warm inside, you know. You see guys just having fun. I've seen some backstage skits, uh, some backstage videos from Jake Hager and others. They're just having fun. And I did as well. i never been to Vegas. But after this, I just want to have all my friends and go right to Vegas for a couple of nights to have the best nights of my life. But let's come back to just normal professional wrestling, right? With Pac facing against the Blade in a very hard-hitting physical match that was slower than I expected, but still, nevertheless, was real good and never was boring. Eddie Kingston was on commentary, he was great, putting over his family, putting down packs, saying that, hey, he's been isolated for 8 months, nobody cares. He has his ring rust, he's barely gonna do anything on the ring. And, to be fair to Eddie Kingston, we've seen some ring rust from Pack this match. He was very slow on the top row when he was doing... A superplex, or instead of a black arrow, he just did uh, with a shooting star press. For some reason, the name of the move just completely disappeared out of my head. And then ended the match with a neutralizer. Very good physical match, but maybe Eddie Kingston and the commentary were correct. Maybe not physically, but mentally, Peck is not fully confident, not fully ready. After 8 months of isolation, he, maybe he does have a little bit of a ring rust. That's why he's not feeling that confident on the top rope or just inside the ring. But after the match, Pac decided to cut a promo, but Butcher and the Blade attacked him from behind, not allowing him to do this. And then Eddie Kingston cut a little promo of his own, but then Ray Phoenix came out to save the day, unsuccessfully because, obviously, the numbers advantage were on side of Eddie Kingston. But then, Penta came out with a steel chair, and you thought to yourself, hmm, will he turn face? Well, kinda. Or will he help out Eddie Kingston? And I was really thinking to myself, damn, what will happen? Because if you're gonna go with the... Uh, Helping out Teddy Kingston, it will make sense and you can play the story down for a little longer with Penta not fully being confident in his decision to sign himself with Eddie Kingston, his best friend. But they decided to go with Face Turn in a way once again, straight away, with uh, Penta trying to attack Eddie Kingston with Butcher and the Blade, reuniting Death Triangle and scare them off. Great little moment, another trio have been formed, teasing away that maybe we're gonna see a trio style down the line, and we're gonna talk about this in a main event. But before that, something really, truly surprising happened, because we had three women's segments on this show. Yeah, I know, surprising, right? 
we had Jade attacking Brandy Rose, neutralizing her arm with a chair, uh, with Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero kind of helping her out, trying to keep referee away from the ring, uh, from another ring, from the backstage area where it all happened. And then Big Swallow came out for help, or at least to scare off uh, Nala Rose, Vicky Guerrero, and Jade. Maybe we're gonna see, obviously we're gonna see Jade and Brady Rhodes down the line, but maybe we're gonna see Nyla Rose versus Big Swolf. I wouldn't be against this match. And yeah, nice beginning of possible new feud. Then we had Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deep for the NWA Women's title. One hell of a match. Went for about 15 to maybe 20 minutes. Was fucking great. It was so technical. Thunder Rosa, Serena Deep just show how good they truly are. How great they can be in the ring if they're going to be allowed to have those long matches. It was just great to see this sudden jump for women's wrestling in AEW. And... Towards the end, Dr. Britt Baker attacked Thunder Rosa, kinda exploring their little Twitter beef that they had a couple of days ago, where Britt Baker accused Thunder Rosa of trying to generate some buzz with her possibly going to WWE or AEW or staying with NWA, when Thunder Rosa just responded saying, hey, I have more buzz on your show than you had for your entire career in AEW. Ooh, some great lines. And after Britt Baker attacked, Serena Deep went for a power bomb, connected it perfectly. One, two, no! She kicked out, and I was like, wait, what? They're not gonna end the match straight away? No, they went for like extra five or so much minutes, with Serena Deep eventually picking up a victory in a great way. After hitting somewhat of a Stars Clash move, it was a really great match. And you know what? I'm not usually saying this, but hey, they have a potential to create a great woman's storylines. You know, you have three storylines right on your table, you just don't need to fuck it up. You can actually create more, because then we had a promo from... John Silver and Anna Jay, where John Silver hyped up the fact that Anna Jay is on a winning streak, seven matches in a row, and Brody Lee demanded Tony Khan that Anna Jay will have a match against Hikaru Shida for the title next week. Great stuff. It's going to be a great match. I'm more than sure. Well, at least it's going to be a good match. And if Anna Jay going to win... I'm not going to be against it because it's a title to Dark Order. It's a big jump for Anna Jay. But also, we might see something with Ty Conte down the line. If Anna Jay going to lose, once again, we have Ty Conte to do the feud with. Again, now it's a fourth possible storyline to go with. Just don't fuck it up. You have all cards on your hands. Just don't fuck it up. Create more storylines, continue these storylines, make them entertaining, maybe do some of them on Dark and then provide us with them on Dynamite. You have a great 
potential right in your hands. Once again, just don't fuck it up. And now it's time for our main event. Cody Darby Allen versus Team Taz. In a very good match. Where Brian Cage was without a doubt a star of the match. Once again showing incredible agility. Actually picking up a victory for the team. After a drill claw from a middle rope. On Darby Allen, and that's the only thing that I would have probably changed. I don't want to see the champion taking an L after he just won the title or while he's gonna hold the title. You know, just look at John Moxley how he built. And obviously, I understand that Darby can take a loss, but still, it would be just better if maybe Cody would take a pin, but at the same time. I'm more than sure that Darby Allen said, hey, can you do this move from a top rope? He was like, I'm not so sure. From a middle rope? Yeah, I guess so. Do it. Absolutely fucking kill me and pin me. I'm more than sure that's exactly how it went down. But before it happened, we've seen some incredible sequence from Ricky Starks and Cody trying to hit a crossroads, hitting a crossroads, and so much more. It was truly a very good match with both teams shine. And after the match, Will Hobbs once again went for a save because Team Taz attacked Darby and Cody after the bell ring. And what do you know? Will Hobbs comes out once again with a chair, throws a chair down, picks up an FTW bell, poses it, Looks right into Brian Cage's eye, trying to flag, saying, Haha, I'm better than you. Then Cody stands up, and Will Hobbs just fucking nails him in the head with a title. He finally gives an answer to Team Taz, and he joins them. And I really didn't see it coming. Obviously, they've been doing the same shit for a couple of weeks now. Cody or Darby getting beat up. Will Hobbs go for a save, but I really was a little bit shocked. And I guess it's a good swerve of expectations, if it worked well. And uh, once again, another trio now added. We're gonna see Will Hobbs in action next week. And I really want to see something now from Team Taz, because, hey... You have Ricky Starks, who will without a doubt be the future of AEW, without a doubt in my opinion, one of the next TNT champions. No doubt, Brian Cage, the machine, it's all you need to say. Now Will Hobbs and Taz as a mouthpiece with Ricky Starks. Holy fuck, that's hot. I can't wait to see some tag matches with Brian Cage and Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs just in action. So I guess this was a right move because now I, I'm even more excited about Will Hobbs than I originally was. Great stuff and overall just a great addition of Dynamite. There was so much fun that it actually had some good women's wrestling and women's storyline. And overall just was a very solid mwah, good show. And once again... Thank you for listening and hear you soon guys.